Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Sonika Garcia. And I'm Brad Davidson, and this is Breaking the Code. A podcast series focused on debunking the myths about the discipline of behavioral science and arming our listeners with the information they need to make sense of behavioral science and to help them apply it to their work as marketers. So today we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to Seneca's heart in behavioral science, which is nudges. And so there's a lot talked about nudges, especially in our discipline, in our field where we work in medical communications. You nudge people to do things you want them to do. You nudge people to change behavior all the time. And there's just so much nudging around that we figured we'd just talk about it. So Sanika, let's just start at the very beginning, which is a very fine place to start, as they say. What is a nudge in behavioral science? Yeah, thanks, Brad. So (laughs) I'm laughing at nudges being near and dear to my heart. I think they are. They're an important topic if we're thinking about, you know, these buzzwords within behavioral science, like heuristics, which we talked about in a previous episode, it has gained momentum, but it's not a new concept. So not to give a nudge history lesson by any means, but the concept of the nudge theory was introduced almost 80 years ago at this point. But like many topics, sort of gained momentum after the book um, Nudge came out. I think it came out in like 2008. And so that book was written by two economists, well, a lawyer and an economist, and neither one of them are, you know, just behavioral scientists. But I think it's interesting because a lot of the work within behavioral science kind of goes back to like, you know, an economical approach or behavioral economics, if you will. So with that being said, to answer your question, Brad, a nudge or, you know, nudge theory, it's really this concept that, as simply put, it shapes someone's environment, the decision-making environment, to make one decision over another. So it's actual tangible ways to change the environment in which someone is thinking about choosing A or choosing B. And a more fancy term for that is like choice architecture, right? So it's like the architecture of choice that is being changed. First thing that I learned when I first heard of nudges Mm -hmm. was that it's not necessarily like a physical poke, right? I think one (laughs) misunderstanding is a nudge is an alert on your phone or something like that. But when you talk about modifying choice architecture, can you give me an example of that or the environment of choice architecture or all of those terms that you can read the minute you Google up nudge theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally did that. But um <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I'm just <laughs> those are the terms people use. I'm just saying like what what yeah. do you mean by choice architecture? What is a nudge within choice architecture? Right. So uh, I mean there's there, there's obviously a lot of examples and we don't even realize we're being nudged and poked around all day long. And like, you know, we, we don't even realize it. But an example that I like that I actually think that this nudge has had uh there are studies that show that it's been effective. We think about this whole push to like eating better and combating the obesity epidemic that is facing our country. So a lot of restaurants, and I'm sure people, uh, our listeners have seen it, they started putting the calorie count on in, in menus. And what that did is, I mean, yes, it annoyed some people, definitely annoyed me at first. I was like, oh, I don't want to know this. But if you're going out to dinner and you are trying to make healthier choices, 
The menu is really that environment that you're making a decision. When you're looking at the menu, that is the decision-making environment for you in that moment to make a healthier choice. And so what that did by showing the calorie count was nudging someone towards maybe choosing an option that's a little healthier because you're staring at a, a number that's you know a quantifiable, tangible thing that you're looking at. And to make a healthier option, it, it Sure, if if you went into that restaurant thinking like, I'm going to get a cheeseburger and fries, you might still get it. I'm not going to sit here and say that every single time you're going to choose the salad. It's not necessarily about those two extremes, but rather if you see the calorie count on the cheeseburger and next to it, you see a sandwich that has a lower calorie count, you might be nudged to make that healthier choice. And I, I'm using hair, air quotes for healthier. I mean, no one can see me do that, but uh, I am because, I, you know, I think we know that calories doesn't always show health. Sometimes they're right. empty calories, but it's with the idea that in this case, you're making a, a choice that you're putting less into your body. And so like, yes, calories in versus calories out, you are going to lose weight. So specifically just for weight loss, that was a nudge that actually was impactful. So so beyond just like text alerts, take your pills, nudges here are sort of perceptual signs, signals, something in the environment that sort of drive you in one direction or another, almost like the, the bumpers on the gutters and bowling ball for kids like they they kind of steer you in a direction. So so is removing prices from a menu a nudge or a reverse nudge, right? Because like, that's the other thing is like when you go to a restaurant and there's no prices, my heart skips a beat usually to be honest. I'm like, "Uh Oh, this is going to be bad. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder. So for that, and I actually never thought about that, but I also hate when restaurants do that because I'm like, all right, well, I mean, now you're just, you're, you're nudging me to maybe pick the most authentic choice that I would ever pick because, you know, price isn't an option, but like, that's not the case because price is, or price isn't a a concern. At some point, price is going to show up. It's going to show up. You're not giving me a free meal. So I don't necessarily know that that's um, a very successful nudge or maybe what even the intention behind that is. I I don't know, but I, yeah, that's interesting. Well, I'm certain the intention is to keep you from avoiding the most expensive thing on the menu. So in in some sense, I guess it is a nudge. I just, you know, I always think of nudging as a proactive thing, right? Like there's a positive sort of result you're looking for. And I guess in that case, the restaurant could look at it and go, the day we took the 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 prices off the menu was the day people started ordering the the tomahawk steak or whatever. Right. Okay, so after this book came out on nudges, nudge theory, everyone was super hype about like, let's apply nudges. And then more recently, a study came out that basically said that like the nudge theory is BS and suffers from publication bias. We only hear of the uh, examples where nudges were that they actually worked and we're not hearing about all the times that they did. So how much is that? So, okay, so that's the one piece of it. And then the other piece to like the point of this restaurant example is a nudge supposed to be beneficial for like a business to make money? Are we supposed to be making people, are we supposed to be using nudges for like the better good, you know, fighting obesity, promoting hygiene with washing hands? Like where is, you know, are, where do nudges like, I guess, cross the line between being like ethical and not ethical is, is a, is also a a concern. That's something you read about the minute you start looking at nudges, there's a lot of, um, 
you know, the second line down on a lot of these is it's not terribly ethical to influence people's decision making unconsciously on their behalf. Yes. Are nudges ethical is like a big question. Right. And what I will say, and I, I don't I again, I think that it's kind of like the answer to that is, well, it depends. And and the it depends there is, OK, so in order to use a nudge, I mean, yes, in, in the definition, even people make it very clear that this is supposed to be nudging someone towards a behavior that ultimately is going to be for their benefit, not like a, a gray line. Is this beneficial? Is it not? But like something that is black and white, it's to their benefit. However, I do think that a big piece of the ethical nature of is it ethical or not is the way that a choice is presented. So remember, this is changing the environment of choice, but it's not taking the idea of choice away or the the opportunity for choice away. You still have a choice. You know, if it's you know, the the idea about like, you know, you put the salads in the front of the cafeteria and the pizza and the hamburgers in the right. back, what that whole thing you're not removing the pizza and the hamburgers. They're still there. The choice is still present. You're just kind of structuring the environment in a way to nudge someone to choose a salad. So that to me is a big piece of if it's ethical or not, it's the choice component. Yeah. And I know I'm the one who sort of asked the question, but I'll, I'll sort of answer it as well from my perspective, which is it's a really good question. And I don't think we have a really good answer to it. And I'm not so sure we spend a lot of time thinking about that in advertising, but I'm not so sure nudges are any different from advertising in general. There is no neutral way of presenting information, no matter how you present it. You presented it in one way and there's an infinite number of other ways you could have presented it to a different effect. And so I think the question are nudges uh, ethical could just be laddered up to is advertising ethical is you know communication in general ethical uh, the intended effect of advertising is to change behavior that's that's not hidden that's right up front the mm-hmm. intended effect of how people design traffic flow in things like casinos or target those are designed to change behavior and those uh, also get you know categorized as nudges these days which I guess for me, one of the things that I always question is, is everything a nudge? You know, the the term, to your point, has suffered from publication fatigue, but also overexposure fatigue. Not everything's a nudge to me. Like, I think foot traffic design is absolutely proven to change behavior, purchasing behavior, time in store, that sort of stuff. I don't know if they're nudges necessarily in my mind. But again, I'm not a nudge expert. But as an yeah. exploratory discussion, are they nudges? I mean, you tell me. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, I want a really uh, popular example of a nudge is when in in like, I don't know if it's like the subway, but like, you know, in like monorails and like any sort of like, you know, the light rail, those kind of train things, the the um, they have like uh, a yellow, yellow arrows on the floor, like red arrows to really show you where to stand like away from the door. And right. the point is, it's not just like to inform you not to stand here, but when you make it so bright and obvious someone who then is standing on it 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 calls attention like it makes you feel like okay well this is like very obvious and I don't want to be that person so there's like that social proof kind of going on too like I don't want to so blatantly just disregard this thing so even the way so yes having it there at all is a nudge but then the way that it's presented is improving on that nudge and building on it and that's where I think we we maybe need to have this conversation on like, okay, well, we're healthcare marketers. 
how do we know? Like, okay, we need to change a behavior. How do we know if like the nudge theory is right? Or like, oh, it sounds interesting. Like, how do I actually know if I should apply right. it? And just taking it back there. So I think really quick, just to kind of level set, two questions that I would ask if you're wondering, is a concept of nudges going to be something that you should use as a behavior change technique for your brand or, you know, whatever it is. One, like anything, you need to ask yourself the question of like, what is the behavior change? Like, what is the clear they're here and they need to be there? Right. The next piece of it is what are the choices that they are presented to make to then like lend itself to that behavior. And I say that it's not obvious. There has to be an opportunity for choice. So for example, this is just the example that comes to, to my head right now. But like, you know, if you're trying to nudge someone to go to the gym straight from work every day at 5 p.m. before you even go home, go to the gym so you live a healthier life. Okay. But someone who has to at 5 p.m., rush to pick up their kid from daycare or, or school or whatever, they're not presented with that choice. For them, it's not go to the gym or go home. It's I actually don't have that choice available to me in that moment. So no matter what nudge intervention you throw at me, it's not going to work because my opportunity for choice based on things like, you know, my lifestyle, my prioritization, whatever it may be, it's not there. And that's right. where it goes back. We need to understand our consumers and our target audience to understand, like, what is their a choice opportunity? And like, is there even one in this moment? So right. Uh, and that yeah. I, I completely agree. And that gets to this idea that I sort of started this whole, you know, we pick topics and stuff. And I said to me, nudging is nag adjacent, right? Like yep. nudging is one inch away from nagging, but there's choices involved in nagging, right? And somebody once pointed out to me that nagging is about power, that if you ask somebody to do something and they don't do it, you have to ask them again, you have become a nag, but it's because they didn't do it, you know? And so like, I think one of the things about nudges is we don't control what somebody chooses to do, but we can start trying to steer them. And I think that's where people start getting very uncomfortable ethically going like steer them where. But for example, in our world, nudges for adherence aren't a terrible thing, especially if somebody signs up for them, because now these are like pokes, right? These are like reminders that you ask for. But those are nudges to get you to do things you wanted to do. You might have forgotten, you know, birth control adherence is something that people talk about a lot. Nobody wants to forget their birth control, yeah. uh, at least that I'm aware of, unless you're, you know, planning on sneakily getting pregnant or something. But basically, people don't want to skip their birth control. And so yeah. being reminded is not unwelcome. Being reminded that you're supposed to go to the gym when you can't is probably counterproductive. It's probably frustrating. You actually brought up something that I, I meant to to say. It's really, it's an important piece. You have to want, there has to be a motivation to engage in that desired behavior. Like right. that point blank, even with the calories on the menu, this is not going to work for someone who's not actually trying to like lose weight or or live a healthier life. If that's not on your radar and you're like, when you think about like stages of change, if you're not even in like the contemplation phase of it and you're, it's you know, not in your mind at all, this nudge isn't going to work. So like at the very least, when we think about the work that we do, whether it be medication adherence or on the HCP side, you know, prescribing right. patterns, um, 
the desire to actually do this behavior is there. You know, patients want to take their medication. They want to be adherent. That's a topic for, they do and they don't. Yeah. That's a topic for another day, but, well, but you're right. You know. The intention is there, right? Like you pick up your medication. Yeah, maybe you're not happy about the fact that you have to take it, but you do know that taking it is what you need to do to for whatever condition you have. So if you had no desire to ever even take the medication in the first place, most likely than not, you're not you're like at a different point in the patient journey. Yeah, we're we'll, talking about. You know what? We'll save that for another day because, as we know, a third of first prescriptions are never even picked up, right? So 30% of scripts never get filled. And that right. in and of itself is very interesting. But 100%. Yes. But, but the 70% that, that are picked yeah. up. Yeah. You, right. Exactly. And I think there's there's a lot here. You know, I think to your point, like nudges work when you want them nudges can work when you're not aware of choice. So I think people didn't know for a long time that you could opt out of union dues. For example, those are considered nudges, right? Do you automatically enroll people in unions or do they have to enroll themselves in unions? Do you automatically enroll people in 401k saving or do they have to do it for themselves? Those are considered nudges too sometimes. And I I think they're different. I think structurally taking choice out of people's hands and making them undo things actively goes beyond nudge, but I might just be focusing on what I think the word means as opposed to what the theory talks about. You know, I'll I'll leave it there. I think the thing about nudges that everybody, you know, first of all, we both agree they're kind of overexposed. We both agree they're kind of they're applied so widely these days that I'm not so sure it's a, a super meaningful term. But but at the core of it, there's this idea that we can help people who want to change or who want to be supported in this way. We can we can actually create you know, big air quotes here for me, right? Choice architecture environments within which the quote right choice, I'm just air quotes all over there, but the right choice is is the easier one. And I think that's something that we've we've got to do a better job about. We have to do a better job of making it easy for people to make choices that they want to make for themselves, even if we can talk about what do people really want till the cows come home. But I think, you know, it's it is healthier for people to walk home instead of take the bus and stuff like that. If we can encourage those things through through choice architecture changes in the environment, then that's a good thing. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think just one last thing to add um, again from like uh, actually applying this uh, in the work that we do. If you're, you know, listening and you're like, well, you know, I do have this behavior that, you know, needs to be changed. And I think nudge theory could work uh, not to sound uh, like a broken record, but it always helps when physical and psychological barriers are like really unearthed and outlined, because I think oftentimes nudges People think, oh, that falls into the category of just, you know, the physical alleviating or addressing like the, the physical barrier. And like it nudges are looked at as like a very like, tangible tactic. But where successful nudge really is set apart is in, you know, how well does that nudge, whether that be through the messaging, the copy, the cadence, does it address psychological barriers? So nudge yeah. motivation. Right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. So little things like tweaking certain language within a nudge to address a certain bias or mindset or belief. That's really what takes a nudge from point A to being successful and changing behavior. And, And we can definitely, in another episode, because I do think it's needed, there's a lot to talk about, provide some examples of, of brands that have done that really well. Or Well, I, I think that would be really interesting. So thank you. Uh, as always, <laughs> I learned a lot today thank about you. nudges. I hope people did. And I'm Brad Davidson. 
And I'm Sonika Garcia. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye.